Luke Walton Talks Lakers is presented by Big Baller Brand. LeVar spoke Lonzo to the Lakers into existence, and now we're speaking this sponsorship into existence. Big Baller Brand, stay in your lane. Big Baller Brands is not affiliated with Luke Walton Talks Lakers, nor is Luke Theodore Walton, head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, to be conflated with Luke Francis Walton, co-host of the show and member of the band Fine. This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us, as always, from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? We are back. The travel schedule yeah, yeah. has been really hectic these last few weeks, including a road trip all the way to the East Coast and back. And uh, Jonathan, those New York City subways, they are life-changing. If only LA had a subway system that robust. Be amazing. I mean, apparently they're working on one it's not going to be sub. It'll just, you know, it'll just be, be a way. Right. It'll just be a way. <laughs> just a Terranian way. I want to thank all of our followers. Please subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever you get your pods. And if you're enjoying the pod, please share it with friends and please comment and rate us on iTunes if you can. Por favor. Please follow us as well on social media. You can find all of our social media at www. Nobody says that anymore. Why did I say that? www. That's just. It's like, it'd be like saying HTTPS <laughs> at www.LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. All right, so Luke, we're going to jump in with a quick uh, lightning round of in or out. So uh, I'm going to say a phrase and then just as fast as you can, tell us whether you're in or you're out and we'll try to burn through these. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll stop and talk about a couple of them. So first one, LeVar Ball's uh, Junior Basketball Association, in or out? Out. I, I'm in on this one, and maybe we can come back to it in a second. Uh, let's see. Um, Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, Kuz, and Bogut starting five, in or out? In except for Bogut. Can't get behind Bogut right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I think that means, I think that means you're out. out. I think that means I, you're I, out. I like, I like the rest, though. Yeah, okay, I'm out, though, too. Especially while KCP is locked. Okay. I don't, think, right. you're, I don't think the man should be starting while he's literally under arrest. <laughs> That's that's fair. That's fair. Okay, Kuzma averaging twenty five plus for the remainder of the season. Uh, mm, I'm gonna say twenty two out, but I'm gonna say twenty two. That would be mind blowing if he could average twenty five plus. The only okay, so Kuzma over these last three games has averaged twenty two twenty five, which is absolutely amazing. No, actually a little bit higher than that because he had a twenty five, a thirty eight, and a twenty seven against Golden State, the Rockets, and Golden State. So. Ah, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go in just because those three teams are amazing. No, I'm going back. I'm going back out. I'm going back out. Hear me out. Uh, those three teams are faster paced, work more with Kuzma's game. I don't know if he'll be able to do that against every team in the league. And the first Laker rookie since Jerry West to score 25 plus points in three consecutive games. This is rare. This is amazing. This is now, now Kuzma hate coming from Coach Luke Walton here. Sorry, Luke Coach Walton here. But I'm gonna be out. That's that's fair. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't happen that often. I'm I'm gonna say I'm in on this. You're bullish. Uh, and my my short explanation is because I think that there's some trades in the works. Ah, and, okay, uh, I, I hear think, you. I, I think hear you. I, I think he's it. gonna be thrust into 
uh, more of a, a go-to role. Mm. Um, okay, next, Lonzo's recent hot streak. Will it last, in or out? I'm in. I don't think he's going to keep shooting, what is it, 48% from three, like over the last three yeah. games or something. <laughs> like, that's amazing. I don't think, I think that number will fall. But I do think that just looking at his confidence, the way that he's walking up and down the floor, I am in. Lonzo's hot. This is going to last for a while. I'm in as well. Next up, uh, Josh Hart getting the start in place of KCP over Clarkson. I am in. And I know this is not a popular thing, but I think we need a really strong defensive presence up front to be able to make it so that teams don't go up by 20 in the for- first quarter, like that Celtics game or something. And so Hart is a good option there. And also, what is this season? Is this season really a playoff season at this point? I'm saying let's go all in on developing the Rook. Josh Hart is a potential starting two in the in the league. Let's see what he can do for the remainder of this year. Yeah, I'm in on it too for similar reasons. Also, Clarkson's usage percentage is way too high, and that just doesn't fit with the way that our starters are trying to play. He's, he's a perfect six-man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great spark off the bench. Uh, and lastly, in or out, Brooke Lopez. Out. Super out. Man, has he had a cold, cold, cold year. Yeah, I mean, I think the first couple weeks of the season, I, I would have said in, strong in, like, let's try to re-sign him next year. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm out. I, I appreciate well. I feel like he's taught the team some stuff like he's a good veteran presence he's been around he knows how to work with the young guys I think he helped guys with rotations on defense the man's just too slow from the style of ball that we're trying to play and he's not being consistent from beyond the arc so I'm out yep uh if anyone saw the most recent episode of Muse Cage it was all about uh like Kobe's actual thing Muse Cage it was all about how stretch fives or, or fives are shooting threes now and if those players want to survive in the league, they have to be able to improve their perimeter defense. Otherwise, they'll go extinct. Yes. And that's exactly what we're seeing here, I think, with, uh, with Absolutely. Brooke. Yeah, one of the only people that I think like can really pull this off is uh, Boogie. Like Boogie Cousins, I, I think that like him, Chris Stops, like those those types of players are good enough and fast enough laterally that they can body up on guys even on the perimeter, so they, they're able to stretch out. But I I like seeing a big man being a big man, getting rebounds, and Brooke Lopez just doesn't get rebounds, and man, does that frustrate? Me. Yeah, it's it's pretty annoying. Um, okay, so that was our lightning round. Any topics there you wanna you wanna jump back to real quick before we move on to our next segment? JBA, let's talk down JBA, this yeah. Lavar Ball. So, so for those those of you that that are not are not in the know on all things Lavar, uh, I've been starting to watch Ball in the Family, which you know I'm not 100 percent proud of, but I'm, I'm going to be upfront and honest about my new basketball Kardashians. Um, <laughs> Lavar Ball is starting his own league for semi-professional, they're not amateur at this point, they'd be semi-professional athletes coming out of high school. There'd presumably be some sort of age restriction. And it would be an in-between league between high school and the NBA, thereby bypassing the NCAA. First of all, John, what do you think about just the basic concept? Because I know that you, you you like this more than I do, and and I'd like to like to dig into it a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm all in favor of this idea in general of allowing... Uh, you know, adults to get paid for the work that they do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that LeVar Ball's solution to this problem is going to be the right one. Yeah. But it's, it, it, I, I'm happy that someone is doing something. Great. I'm with you there. I'm with you that far. Right. And maybe this forces someone's hand or maybe this inspires someone to do it in a better way or whatever. But even if the result of this is that the NBA says like, 
all right, fine, we're going to revisit our one one and done rule, and we're going to allow rookies to enter the G League. Or not rookies, yes. we're going to allow high school graduates to enter the G League, right? And after one year in the G League, then they're draft eligible or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Just, again, like, it, it, yeah. I don't think it's okay that we have a system where adults are not being paid for... Uh, for the work that they're doing that is generating a ton of money for institutions. And let's consider that uh, G League conversation as well. So the average uh, G League player is making about $26,000 for a six-month season. Um, yep. So that is far less than what LeVar is is presuming to pay. He's saying ten grand a player per month. Well, he's saying up to up to ten grand. Up to oh, so he's saying that like the star stars get ten grand. Yes, and the rest. yes. I think they said it would be as low as three thousand okay. per month for okay. some players. That that changes things a but little here, bit. But yeah, go on. Well, also here's the thing with the G League. Right now, there's no interest in the G League, and so like there are no ad dollars flowing to the G League. There are no major sponsorships flowing to the G League. If you had the best high school players in in the country mm-hmm. going and playing in the G League for a season. Right. Imagine all the eyeballs that are on college basketball, like at least some of those would 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 start watching the G League. Right. Like a lot of college basketball fans are fans of their their school and their team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wouldn't change. But there's a big percentage of it that is also just like NBA fans that are interested in the next class of players. Right. They're they're totally kind of doing some amateurs scouting for fun. And those people would start watching G League. Absolutely. And I I, I actually as a you know, college basketball fan, not as big as a lot of guys, but like I'm, I went to USC, I'm a big Trojans fan, I watch a lot of UCLA basketball. So I, I'm I'm interested in, in college basketball, but I kind of get frustrated when the team's always changing. It's like, who the hell is that every single year? And so that would also create a little bit of stability in college basketball that I would be a fan of. You know, if I was able to watch guys for four years grow and then end up being like a Kuzma, like how gratifying would that be? Yeah. Yeah, or Nance exactly. or Jordan Bell. Yeah. Like we're we're seeing the value of staying in college, right? Like there there is value shown there. What'd you say? Not a fan of Jordan Bell. Not a fan of Jordan Bell. All right, but <laughs> you can say, see that they're getting, like, uh, he's getting the Warriors bump. That's true. He is getting the Warriors bump. But, <laughs> he, but good for him, man. Like good for yeah. him. Okay, let's let's just run some numbers really quick. This is why I'm out. Okay. On Lavar's for the G League, you're able to use all of the NBA training facilities. These are these are training facilities that are bought and paid for yes. by NBA dollars. Presuming that Lavar orchestrates this whole thing, so say that he's he's pulling in some top tier talent to be able to say say that you you create a few like all star level teams. You create like a Lakers and a Celtics version within his JBA. You're gonna need some good coaching, right? What are you gonna pay those coaches? Right. Yes. Yes. Like look at look at like like. Let's say somebody like Brett Brown, like a, a good coach, Philadelphia 76ers. Say that, say that you want to pull somebody of like that caliber. That's $2 million a year for one coach. And I, I understand that maybe you'll be able to pull like a college or a high school coach that's of like a high level, but you're going to have to get – that's part of the reason why people go to college, certain colleges, because they know they're going to get developed by these programs, have good facilities – I think that the money, the upfront cost of starting something like this, especially without like huge brand support from like Adidas or Nike or something, is just going to be astronomical. Hey man, don't disparage our sponsor. The the big baller brand has deep pockets. <laughs> is it that deep though? Like, is, are they that big? Like, 
Maybe, but I... They've, I think they've got deep pockets, but short arms, and they can't quite... <laughs> it's got <laughs> a little bit like Randall. Yeah, exactly. So look, your, your points are well taken. Um, I think you're right. Like the... <laughs> It's all of the su supporting cast and infrastructure that's required to actually support a professional basketball league. Uh -huh. that, that is that is what makes this, you know, incredibly problematic. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's why, like, I don't necessarily think we're ever going to really see this. I, the way I'm imagining that he's going to do this is he's basically going to, like, uh, like, try to take a bunch of AAU facilities and coaches and say, like, uh -huh. hey, I'm going to pay you. X amount to coach these teams and to, you know, to use your facilities, whatever. Right. Again, I, I don't think this is the long-term solution to this problem. Totally. But I, th I can appreciate someone saying, instead of waiting around for the NBA and the NCAA to figure their stuff out, I'm just going to do something about it. I'm going to use the resources that I have available and I'm going to do something about it. And it may be self-serving and it may be hugely problematic for the reasons you laid out. But I can at least appreciate someone saying, like, hey, there's a, there's, there's a problem. I'm not going to wait for the powers that be to solve it. Like, I'm going to use the resources I have to do something about it. Exactly. And perhaps LeVar's out there playing chess instead of checkers. And he could be saying this just to try to nudge the league into that G League strategy. Right. Right. And then, and then he says, oh, now I don't have to do this. Because and maybe he gets a maybe he gets maybe the big baller brand becomes a sponsor of the G League. Ooh. Ooh. Not that get they they get the little logo on the side of the jersey BBB. Yeah, become a, a jersey sponsor for the South Bay Lakers. How weird would that be? And what if it was for the proper Lakers? Oh, that would be bizarre. <laughs> little, a Nike well, logo on one side and a big baller brand logo on the other. That would be. I, I bet you. I wonder if there are some restrictions in the in the in the NBA contract with yeah. Nike that that say that like com compet competing companies are not allowed to be jersey sponsors because that would have been so funny if adidas had bought a bunch of jersey sponsorships yeah exactly right <laughs> right and gotten their patch put on the other shoulder <laughs> yeah under armor's got golden state and <laughs> yeah that would be so funny all right that'd be really good all right so with that we're going to move into just kind of a general roundup there's a lot of stuff going on so we want to kind of update everyone on kind of where where we stand currently um, and then talk about a couple just sort of like big topic things and recent things. So um, currently the team uh, is eighth in defensive rating, which is great. I think like we've talked about before, if, if they can finish the season top 10, that would be a huge, huge sign of... of um, oh my God, of, yeah. It'd be great, great reason for optimism, and it would look great on Luke, right? If Luke can make yeah. this team a, a top ten defensive team when last year they were worst in the league, that that's a big and deal. And for free agents, um, like like that that that's that's such a sh sure yes. sign. Because like if you're one of the worst defensive teams and you just have a so-so offense and a lot of potential, a superstar isn't going to come in there and do very much. But if you're a great right. defensive squad and you just need some scoring, that's easy. Right. Yeah. Particularly if you pull someone like Paul George or Boogie or LeBron, like all all three of those guys are elite defenders. Or plus defenders, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. so still eighth in defense. Uh, we're first in pace, which is great because that's obviously something that we've prioritized. Um, we still stand at 28th in offense, which is which is unfortunate. But uh, like we talked about, that's I think it's easier to fix offense than defense. And then Basketball Reference has us ranked 22nd overall. Um, we're currently uh, 11th in the west um and we sit five games outside of the eighth seed um so that's just kind of where we stand now i guess luke i wanted to check in about last night's game we're recording this uh 
Saturday, December 23rd. So last night the Lakers uh, lost another tough one to the Warriors, um, and we play the Trailblazers tonight. But just wanted to check in on last night, see if you had any thoughts about last night's game in general. Absolutely, and I, I, my my thoughts are going to go right along with what you were just talking about, about the general roundup, where we're ranking in defense, pace, offense, and overall. Um, I actually think we're playing too fast, just a little bit. Not a lot, but I, I don't think I don't think we should be playing quite as quick because uh, we we see that we get so excited to play someone like the Warriors, somebody that actually plays up to the tempo that we're interested in, and then we get tons of turnovers, and so we end up pushing the ball trying to get a fast break opportunity, and leads to the opposite team getting a turnover and then getting an easy easy two on the opposite end, and so I, I think that certain guys need to be able to have enough foresight to slow it down. You know, and then of, of course, that's part of that is just our youth. But just being able to, to recognize, okay, we've got a five on four against an elite team. Like, that's not, that's not a favorable matchup. Don't push no, it. No, let's, let's, let's hold the ball for a second. Right. And that, like, you see really good teams uh, that, that they know how to do that. They know how to be like, okay, this isn't a good situation. The defense is already practically set. Right, reel it back in. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like a four on five against, against like multiple all defensive players right exactly and Kevin Durant like what Kevin Durant is basically like two players out there on defense so the biggest defender is Julius Randle in terms of that like he's he's having a great year in a lot of respects but he still plays out of control and that that's that's the biggest thing that I'm worried about with him long term is like obviously I like the guy a lot I would love to to have him preserved as a Laker for a long long time but I'm really worried just about his decision making and his his pace. Like I've been saying, it's a Randall Sons, and it is. Like the guy's clearly he's going to be a great player. He's a starter in the league. I do think he like on a different team he'd be a starter. Um, but as we're constructed now, and if we want to win a championship, the way that he plays is a bit of a liability. And I don't know if it ends up translating. Given like yeah, he's he's a double double machine. But if he if he chips in four turnovers on top of that and has a few blown defensive assignments, is that right? Is that enough to make up for it? Like it's not like the guys out there scoring thirty or or, or like pulling down twenty rebounds a game. Yeah, I, I do you think we're moving too fast? I, yeah, I agree. I had that exact same thought last night, which was like, guys, calm it down. Like there were a couple of just like really wild full court passes mm-hmm. that they threw, where like the. The guy wasn't open. Like if it, if it was a football play, like you wouldn't throw that route, right? Like, uh-huh. so I thought that like that was a little frustrating at times. The other thing to Julius, I guess I don't. This wasn't last night, but I've, I have one funny comment and then one real comment about Julius. The the funny comment is I think it was against the Rockets. He had a jump ball, and he jumped up, and the whoever he was going against like grabbed his arm, and he reached over with the other arm to to win the jump ball, which was a violation. And it's just like, come on, Julius, really? Like, come on, man. It's it's one of those like IQ things. But um, <laughs> the thing I've I've noticed I noticed last night, and I've thought for a while, and I just haven't said before. Um, he's not very sure-handed with the basketball, um, specifically when he is receiving a pass in traffic under the basket. Little Kwame. He is so bad at catching those passes and doing something mm. with them. Like he's, he, and because of that, he loses the, whatever advantage he has, right? If, if he has a step on someone, he's not able to cleanly catch the ball and put it up. 
he always ends up having to like kind of double pump and then he gets three guys on his back. And last night there were a couple of times where they didn't even call the foul on him. Right. So it's like, he doesn't always even get the foul. And when he does get the foul, he's not hundred percent free throw shooter. So like, right. There's something weird about, about, I, I don't want to start talking mm-hmm. about the size of his appendages again, but like maybe he has small hands. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Point is he's not great at catching the ball into the basket and in and in transition specifically mm-hmm. and it's really frustrating I am kind of frustrated in a lot of ways with Randall because uh, and part of the frustration is because he's so good right like like it's it's not it's not like this is a, a bad or decent player like he, he has every potential to be an amazing player but it's it is IQ and then part of its body and then part of its yeah like if he could fix two things uh-huh. or three things he could be an all-star yes, level player exactly exactly he's right on the I mean, cusp just missing a couple things. I, I think that the the best comparison with uh with Randall in terms of like where he might not be able to get to is Lamar Odom. Um a picture Lamar Odom in today's league. You know, he he the dude would be a top twenty player easy, if not a top ten player. Mm. I think though we need to look at where uh just a few few minor tweaks onto their, their game. Like Lamar Odom's a better passer than Randall was. He's pretty much better in every category. He's better three-point shooter, better passer. Um, and and unfortunately, he also was just born with a better physical body for today's NBA. Like, Randall might have... If like they were able to swap time periods, I think it might have worked out pretty well. But Randall has got a 6'11 wingspan. He's 6'9". You know, Odom is 6'10 with a 7'4 wingspan. It's like, it's just those, those little tiny things end up creating so so many problems uh particularly when we're talking about yeah. playing a four or five and uh, and odom did both um and so it's like if only randall just had just a little bit of those physical attributes. right well yeah. and, and because he doesn't have all those physical attributes he has to make up for it by being very mm-hmm. sure-handed by making the right play by being in position because he yeah or being he really smart <laughs> you know being really smart because he doesn't have the length to recover you know so um, yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. So I had a couple other thoughts last night watching the game that I wanted to share. Um, I texted one of them to you earlier this morning, but one thought I had last night was, mm-hmm. man, how bad would we be if Kuzma had actually been like the three year project that they thought he was going to yeah, be? We'd be pretty terrible. This would be a pretty miserable season. And like, we're still, we're still right at the edge in terms of like winning games. Yeah. But- we're relying on like a, a you know, 27th pick for 20 points a game. I know. And, and yeah, we were, we were talking earlier, check out this salary for Kyle Kuzma. This year he's making 1.4 next year, 1.6. The following year, team option 1.9. The following year, team option 3.5 and the following year qualifying offer 5.2. What a steal. We are paying like absurdly low levels for a potential superstar. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's the beauty of the draft, man. It's kind of like, uh, what, what the Warriors had going exactly. with Draymond for a yep. couple years, you know? Exactly. And, and, but this has the potential to be even higher, which is crazy. Like, obviously, Draymond's amazing and he has all the intangibles, but Kuzma has the potential to be a, like, face up number one or two scoring option on any given night. Yeah, I mean that looks like his ceiling right now. I mean, obviously, you know, like I think I think we talked earlier, and it's like worst case based on how he's looking right now, he's a regular All Star level player. 
best case, like you said, is yeah, he's he's your number one scoring option. Which is absurd. It's absurd. Oh yeah, it's it's nuts. So the other thing that I saw last night that I wanted to mention, this is just a quick thought, is um uh watching KD play for the Warriors, I think it makes me understand what it must have been like to cheer against the Lakers when they had Kobe. <laughs> like Man, it's so it's so awesome when you have a guy on your team who can just like always score when you need him to. But boy, is it brutal to be a fan of the yeah. opposing team, right? And like go on a run and feel great about yourself. Yeah. And then just have have him just like be like, nah, I got this. And just mm-hmm. like on their own by themselves, eliminate whatever progress you just exactly. made. Exactly. Because at that point, you're feeling like, okay, we feel like the better team right now. And then it's just like, yeah, but I'm such right. a good player that your whole team is meaningless. <laughs> right. You may be the better team at that moment, but I'm better than all <laughs> exactly. of you. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think my last my last thought about last night's game is, uh, and I'm, I'm going to word this in a very particular way. I think that in the last three minutes of the game, the referees cost us a chance to win. Let's break that down. If just Yeah. I don't want to say that they cost us the game, right? Because when you're playing a team like the Warriors, like... Mm-hmm. You know that that like we just talked about, like Kevin Durant always has the the ability to just just beat you. Um, but there were a, a number of kind of plays in a row where there were some really bizarre non calls. Um, there was a play that should have been an offensive foul on Golden State, where KCP got in position and took a charge, and they called it a defensive foul that put them up. Um, then they when we came back down the court. Uh, Julius, like three different defenders hit Julius Randle while he was going up for a shot and they didn't call a foul on any of it. And then like at the very end, the shot was blocked, but like so many people had made contact with him prior to that and no, no, uh, no call was made there. So again, like, I don't want to say that they cost us the game because against the Warriors, you can never tell, like we were down 20 points earlier in that game, right? It was a miracle. We were even in it at the end. But I think that's what made it so frustrating was like we'd come back and we were in it. And it just would have been nice to have a fair shot at at uh at getting it done. Um so anyways, that was that was my other thought about last. Definitely. I've got one more. So Kuzma Kuzma lit it up. Um and uh I, there's a report out that Lonzo said that Kuzma turned to him in halftime and said, I'm about to go off. So get ready. Like help me out. And then he did. <laughs> And that's crazy to me. Like, what what rookie is like, time to flip the switch? And then goes out and does? Like that that's 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 some like Shaq in his sixth year, like kind of like what? Who, who is this guy? I mean, I wonder how often he says that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> right. Maybe that maybe he says it every time just so that the time he does go off, he can he can be like, yo, Zo, tell him what I said at halftime. Um, but no, you're right. And I, I think we talked about it earlier. Like we're seeing, uh, the benefit of a little bit more maturity and a little bit more mm-hmm. development physically, mm-hmm. right? He's 22. I made a joke at the end of the, the previous podcast about him, um, drinking Martinelli's because he wasn't 21 yet. I was wrong about that. He's 22. <laughs> um, and I think that that might be, uh, I think that might be what we're seeing here is, is just a little bit of that maturity. Like, like you, you yeah. said earlier today, something about you were, re- you were most impressed about the fact that he didn't have a good first half 
and he was able to not lose confidence and keep it together. And I think that's the maturity. And it's nice because like the the summer league and the preseason hype was not was not uh, was not wrong. You know, like it, it for once, like the hype machine actually kind of got it right, which is nice. It's nice to see someone who shows up in summer league and preseason actually be able to perform at a similar level in the real the real league. Yeah, and it, it it comes down to fundamentals. Like he he's one of those guys that actually practice fundamentals, and we see a lot of people in the league that. You know, they, they went through the AAU thing and they, they just never really got a post move. They never really learned how to like just hit a spot of three-pointer. And Kuz has got all of those bases. Yeah, made. it's pretty cool that he and Ben Simmons both have like legit hook shots. Yeah, I know. What a renaissance. Because we haven't seen a real hook shot in a while. Um, and that's pretty sweet. It is. Expanding out beyond just last night, um, you know, our last four games have been against the Warriors, Rockets, and Cavaliers. Two of those were against the Warriors. Um, we obviously won the Rockets game, but uh, I guess any thoughts in general and kind of what we've seen these last few games playing against basically the three best teams in the league? So damn proud. Like, like I, I understand what this season is now. Like, I have a good perspective and, like, a healthy, like, understanding of, okay, you know, this, is, this isn't our run. Like, I, I would love it to be, but this isn't our year. Um, I am just so proud that this is actually a fun season with, with growth with uh you know guys that like work their asses off and and uh, being able to show it to to like you know that this what a what a what a calling card for when we actually do talk to top tier free agents like the the last few years have not we haven't had that like there's been no chance of us to be able to go up a, a free agent and talk anything about basketball it all had to be legacy but at this point now we actually got numbers we've got momentum and we can we can break things down in the season too and i think that free agents will be like open to hearing that because like looking at Kuzma's, I think he's a perfect example. Looking at Kuzma for the whole year, it's not nearly as impressive as breaking it down over the last 20 games, 10, 15 games. And and if he's able to continue this for like the latter half of the season, same with Lonzo. Like Lonzo over the last several games is shooting, you know, 48% from three. Like if, if we're able to show to free agents, like, yeah, I understand that his his overall season stats aren't gonna jump off the page to you, but it's like, let's break this down post all-star break. And like, like we'll actually be able to talk basketball and we've got a coach that's learning as well. Like, like I, you know, Luke's gotten a lot of, a lot of hate, but I, I think that the way that he's been wielding his like power as a coach has been very, uh, instructive. It's, it's been, he's got guys on a short leash. Like if you mess up, if you blow an assignment, you're getting pulled from the game. Even if it is Kuzma, he doesn't care. And like, yeah, sure. That might cost us some games, but is that really what this season's about? So I, I'm I'm really I'm really into it in these these last few games against top tier teams. Even though we're losing, like coming back from a 20 plus deficit against the Warriors, making every single game that we've had against the Warriors competitive. Uh, I've had fun watching this team, and what more can you ask for from a bunch of 20 year olds? You know, seriously. I mean, the fact you know we have, uh, you know, like five guys under 20 three years old playing significant minutes right now. Um, right. And I think to be able to, like you said, go into those free agent meetings and say, now we haven't played some of these guys yet, but like, mm-hmm. hey, Boogie, hey, LeBron, hey, Paul George, hey, Russell Westbrook, hey, whoever. Mm-hmm. Remember when we kept it close and you had to put the team on your back to beat us? Exactly. Just like, and then you just say, imagine it with you, you know? It's that's a way easier. Right, so. like, like, yeah, maybe... I mean, it'd be great to beat them sometimes, right? And we can do that with the Rockets yeah. now. But but even if we don't beat them, to be able to say, like, 
hey, you know that our guys play hard, right? You know that the chemistry of our team and, and the culture of our team is to play hard and fight and to not back down. And, and, and the result of that is like, maybe we beat you a couple times, maybe we lost, but we kept it close, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, like you said, we can actually talk about basketball, which is really going to be really refreshing. <laughs> and, 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 and I think it might work. You know, this, the, the legacy stuff is cool, but that, that's supposed to be like a cherry. You know, that's not, that's not the main right. argument. Uh, by by, by no. being able to say, look, look at what this team can be and come join it, see what it can be with you, and, uh, and then let's go win another championship. Look at all these, these rings. You know, that, right. that, that is a strong yes. argument to me. Yeah, like basketball should be the table stakes, not the, not mm-hmm. the, not the legacy. The legacy should be the, the thing at the end. So um, the other thing we just wanted to take a minute to chat about in this roundup uh, is the, the the KCP situation uh, with his uh, jail time coming from his DUI. So I guess the, the sort of general the, the general story is, you know, KCP had a was um, cited with driving while intoxicated at the end of last season. Um, yeah. And he served a two-game suspension at the beginning of this season for it. Um, and uh, I believe he, he essentially violated his parole in some way. Um, like, I don't really need want to get too nitty-gritty into details here, but the point is he violated his parole in some way, and the result was that he had to spend 25 days in jail, um, during which time the judge granted him through a California work release program uh, the ability to leave to go to practices and games in the state of California. And when he's outside of the the facility, when he's outside of like the, the, the jail, he has to keep a, a location monitoring device um, near him. It doesn't have to be on his person. Um, there's been some like photos of him playing with an he's ankle so bracelet funny. or with an ankle monitor. That's not real. He doesn't, it's not that. Like no, it's, it's not real. he has to keep it with near him. So like he doesn't have it on him when he's playing. Um, yeah, Luke's holding onto it. Brian Shaw's got it in his pocket. We just wanted to touch on this because, uh, you know, obviously I think it's an interesting situation because I think it's important in, in any type of situation like this that you can be supportive of, of the player as a human being while also not condoning the actions um, that, that landed them in the situation. Right. So like, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't want to sound like a, like a DUI sympathizer here. That's, it's, it's, it's obviously a bad thing that people shouldn't do. And, um, you know, there are, are consequences for doing it, but there's been some sort of like backlash in the press specifically from Stephen A. Smith, basically saying like, this guy should be in jail for 25 days. He shouldn't be being allowed to, to come out and play basketball. Um, and I guess my thought on that is like, like that's up to the judge to decide, right? Like that's, that's not for us to decide. California has a work release program, um, that he is apparently eligible for. Um, and the dude is literally going home to jail every night for 25 days, right? It's not an ideal situation. Like I'm I'm sure he's not proud of this. Um, I don't know. What, 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 what are your thoughts on this? I'm with you. I think, I think the biggest thing that I'm focusing on is just the basketball side of it. And man, this, this can't be good for your game. Like, I don't think you should be starting when you're in this situation. Like, even even Kobe had a hard time when he was going through legal trouble. Like, KCP is still a young guy. I think he's 24. Like, we, he should be playing bench minutes while he's going through this. I, I don't think that we should be resting our hopes 
on him hitting the game winner against the Warriors. You know, like that that shouldn't be his role right now. Yeah, well, you saw him. He he missed like his first seven and it threes makes sense. last night. Like, I, it's what a, what a situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're you're in the weirdest part of your life. Yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to and ask like, of the I guy. This is like the craziest month he's ever had, and he's probably super ashamed. And and he has to go out there, and tr- he's trying to prove himself and make up for what he's dealing with. And I think, I think like coach has got to reel him in a little bit and just not play him as much through this time because it's just not going to work out well. And just pretending like it's not happening, I don't think is the right move. Yeah, yeah, I I think I'm with you. And and I think the other thing that I would say to some of the like the the talking heads out there is, um, you know, obviously like people need to 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 do their time when sentenced when sentenced to time. Um, but I guess there are plenty of people incarcerated in this country, and if the state has decided that there are circumstances under which certain people can, um not spend all of their time in jail, like then, then that's for the state to decide. And, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Um, but, but also like when any, when anyone else in the world has this happen, right? Like gets a DUI and then gets a work release program. They don't have reporters on national television telling everybody about it, right? They get to handle it discreetly. They get to tell their boss, but maybe not tell all their coworkers, all their family and friends, right? Like there, there is something to be said for like, yes, he is, you know, he, he is in the public eye and, you know, kids look up to him and all that kind of stuff. And, and obviously his behavior was not acceptable. Um, but he's dealing with a, also a different level of punishment here, which is like the national eye being on him and everyone in the world knowing what he's doing and everyone in the world knowing that he goes to sleep in, in, in jail right now. It's gotta be tough. And so, so yeah, just limit, limit the guy's minutes and, and like, yeah, I, He's he's paying his punishment. That, that's all. You, that's all you can ask for. Like, like I, I feel the same way about like like ex cons and stuff. It's like if, if you if you do your time, you're good. Like that's 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 the the way it should work in a like a, a system where we have like public law. It's like you, if you pay the price, then you've you've paid the price and you're you're good. Like, let's move on. And so he, he's doing that now. Yeah, and if the judge deems that this is the price, then 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 leave it. Yeah, that's it. It's it that that's why we have an external like code of laws like somebody else who's far more qualified than Stephen A. Smith right. has <laughs> has dug into this and let's let's respect the rule of law here. With that, uh, I think we're kind of caught up on all the big topics. So we're going to move into our next section. Um, a a this is actually a new segment for us, uh, and it's a segment that we're going to call "Blow It Up." So Luke. Since being tied for the eighth seed after defeating the Bulls uh, earlier in November, we've gone three and nine in our last 12 games and are now in 11th place in the West, five games out of the eighth seed. With the trade trade deadline almost a month away on February 8th, it's time to ask the question, should we blow it up? Who is tradable? What would we require in return for those people uh, and who is not tradable? Just a note, there are 23 games, including tonight's game, uh, against the Portland Trailblazers until the trade deadline. So I do think that we have quite a few assets that we can move. Um, and particularly, I mean, like, obviously, Luol Deng. Like, that would be great. I, but uh, that's a pie-in-the-sky thing. Like, that's probably not going to happen. Right. So let's, let's just get over that. I see people, everybody calling for the trade. It's like, duh, who doesn't want Luol Deng gone? But, like, yeah. no one wants him. So the dude's just going right. to keep getting that direct deposit and sitting on his couch. Like... That let's just write that off as a foregone conclusion. 
Um, like we don't want to. Right. Hopefully we can work something yeah, out. But but, but I, that, yeah. that's not something even really to discuss because I think at this point we'd probably have to trade away yep. an asset that we really want, like an Ingram or a Kuzma, to get rid of that contract, and that's just not worth it. So right. Let's we'll see how that pans out, but let's not even deal with Dang. Um, obviously, we have some expiring contracts. Uh, I think primarily Brooke Lopez is the one that we've talked about uh, in terms of a potential guy to move. Um, he's not particularly uh, effective in our starting lineup right now. I think that we've gotten the utility that we can out of him. He's taught the guys well. Um, and I, I think that we might be able to get at least a pick because we were just looking at our at our, our future draft picks here. And the we only own two picks for 2018 second round draft from uh from denver and another second rounder from chicago both of those potentially could be pretty good um particularly the chicago draft pick i think the Chi- i think the chicago one is actually 2019 so we oh, only own one 2019, pick you're right so we it's only 20, own, it's 2018 own pick. oh yeah you are right yeah. it is 20 2019 so we only have one pick we've traded away our own draft picks so um we if we can get just some sort of a pick out of brooke lopez like i think that that would be a win what, what do you think? Do, should we be asking for something more? Is he Does he have more value to the team as it currently stands? No, I, I totally agree. And, and the beauty of a pick is we don't take on any salary, right? So exactly. find a team that could could make use of a, of a pretty talented three-point shooting center um, mm-hmm. and see if they're willing to give us a late first for it. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think more likely is early second. Yeah, because like, 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 look at like, like Lou Williams got his late first, and like he's so damn good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I can dream. Yeah, I can do. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be. Obviously, I'd be on board. <laughs> then the other, the others are uh, are Randall and Clarkson. We've we've started to see those kind of bubble up. Um, do you want to? I, I I'd love to hear your your take on the uh, Randall Noel. Um, rumor, uh, particularly because it's, it's very festive given this, uh, this Christmas time. <laughs> Noel. Um, yeah. So there was a report today that the Lakers, uh, had a conversation with the Dallas Mavericks about just a straight up swap Julius Randle for Nerland's Noel. Um, it's funny because friend of the pod, Corey Botma and I were having lunch yesterday talking about Nerland's and saying like, man, it'd be great if we could just take like a one year flyer on that guy and see what he could be. Um, so the, the report was that they had the conversation and that nothing came of it. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of time left before the trade deadline, so something could still come of it. Um, I personally think it would be a, a great move for the team um, for a couple reasons. One, um, Nerlens at his best uh, is a, a great defensive force, um, and he's also a guy who can spread the floor. Um, obviously, you know, his his real contribution is on the defensive end. Um so you take him, it's an expiring deal. Uh, if he turns out and if, if he can fit with the team, then great. Like we might have our, like a young center, like a young stretch five who can be a solid defender for the next few years. Um, if he doesn't work out, then we let him walk and we've cleared Julius's Randall, Julius Randall's uh, cap. We don't have to worry about re-signing him. Uh, and we got to look at a young player to do it um, for, for basically nothing. So... Um, I, I, yeah, and plus, like, Randall's actually a Dallas native. Um, I think he and Dennis Smith Jr. could be, like, an exciting duo. So, I, you know, I think it's a situation that could be pretty amiable and, and they could work out for, for kind of all parties involved. Definitely. And 
I, I understand that. And my biggest thing is like Randall can't go for nothing. Like if if he's just gonna walk in free agency, like what a waste that would have been. Um, so I, I I would love to keep him. I would love to see how he would fit in with a team with a superstar that could you know space the floor and get him get him open a little bit more. Like if if he was playing on the opposite side of a LeBron, like what would Julius Randle be, or opposite side of a Paul George? Um, but yeah, I, I understand I understand the potential to get a guy that's six eleven. That, that can play inside a little bit more and, you know, can post up against, like, bigger players and, and, and guard in the post against somebody like a Boogie Cousins. Like, uh, against some of those taller players we do see, like, Randall's, like, really scrappy and he really tries hard, but he, he, he does get um, abused a little bit, and, and we don't, I don't know if, if that's really going to change anytime soon. So it, it might be a good trade for everybody involved. Randall certainly would have more opportunity there uh, to play, and um, Noel... Like clearly, he's he's averaging a career low in minutes this year, so he he can't be happy. So we we I I'm open to it. I'm I'm interested. I I'm not I'm not like mad hearing those rumors whatsoever. And I I could see how that could work out for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest question for the Lakers moving forward is actually the center position. Um, and Kyle Kuzma's emergence has made anyone who plays the forward position on our team, with the exception of Ingram. Uh, mm-hmm pretty tradable right exactly and and it's it's great because uh ingram once he gets bigger could potentially be a three four and kuzma's you know a two through four like he could play any of those positions so um yeah he he really kind of opened up our strategy there and i I don't know if the lakers front office really anticipated that so um no i don't think so nor nor do i think think julius randall (laughs) no yeah certainly not julius i think what's interesting about this is like because kuz is is showing some real potential I think it mm-hmm. brings up what we've talked about before, which is like, should we go after two power forwards or I guess two, two small, two, three fours, right? Like, and what I mean by that is Paul George and LeBron James, right? Like, should we go mm-hmm. after both guys? And maybe that sounds really stupid. Like, if you can get both, I guess you should take both. But would we be better off trying to get one of the two yeah. and Boogie? Yeah, and I, I think that that, like, if, if Boogie's interested in coming, like, he's he's so elite. And if he can have his locker room situation be favorable, like, I... I I'd have to say, well, you know, one of the two and Boogie, like in, in that scenario. Um, however, uh, Paul George, I think, could excel at the two. Um, I, I think just with his game, I think he could play minutes at the two. Um, obviously not all of his minutes. Um, and, as well as like LeBron. Lebr- yeah. LeBron's such a combo forward. He's a point forward. so right. He can play any position that he right. wants on the, exactly. the basketball and he, court. And he, like he could be our five even. Like, um, but I, I want to yeah. talk to you about the real sleeper, the, the guy that nobody's talking about, Thomas Bryant. That might be our center for the future. <laughs> like I'm serious, man. The numbers that he's putting up and the potential, just like why, I, you know, obviously I haven't watched a ton of the D League. I want to go to some games. Oh, you know, uh, uh, G, G League, G League, G League. Pardon, please. pardon. Yeah, I'm not invited. I just seem to be the triple B League. <laughs> but Thomas Bryant, that guy could be like he can space the floor. He's a big interior presence. He and like he runs, man. That dude's fast. Like that would that could he he has potential. I don't know why they haven't called him up yet. I feel like if we trade Brook Lopez, that that's like part of the reason why I'm like, yeah, let's 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 trade Brookie, because then maybe we'll be able to call up Thomas Bryant and see what he can do in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up another point, which is just kind of like how coach has been handling the minutes at center, um, and obviously, like we've talked mm-hmm. about before, Randall actually takes up a lot of those minutes. 
Um, like 85% of the mm-hmm. time he's on the floor. He's he's actually playing at the five. Um, but it, it has been a little odd to see Coach go with Bogut over um, Zubots, who showed a lot of promise last season. Um, and mm-hmm. and Bryant hasn't seen a minute of NBA play. I get that we're trying to, to win and that, like, Bogut's a, a, still a good defender. Um and you know they have a connection, and and obviously you know he he really helped turn that Warriors team around. So no no disparaging words towards Bogut, but um, the 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 center minute allocation has been a little odd to me. Oh, definitely, me. definitely, and that's definitely the biggest position of like what are we gonna do? Like like we we, we it's just utter confusion in terms of like what is the identity at the five for this team? And uh, Zubats like I feel bad for him because the Lakers front office said. Like, hey, man, don't go back over holiday or over the offseason to go spend time with your family. Um, you got to stay here and work out because you're going to need a lot of minutes next year. And so he's also homesick and, like, had to stick around, and now he's not getting anything. Um, but it, a big part of it is just his development. You know, he, he's, he's, he's probably a few years away, even though, you know, he had a good rookie, rookie showing. Like, we saw in Summer League that he, he had a bit of a regression. He struggled, and he's got to learn. He struggled. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my, I guess my thing is just like, you know, we. I think that that you can say pretty confidently that there is a zero percent chance that the starting center for the Los Angeles Lakers next year will be Brooke Lopez or Andrew Bogut. So it'd just be nice to see. Now maybe maybe they maybe they they know something we don't, which is that like maybe Bryant has a big hole in his game that doesn't show up in G League games, but that is going to be very apparent. Right. Or, and, you know, maybe same thing with, with, uh, Zubats. And so like, maybe that's why we haven't been seeing those guys. Um, but it, there is a little bit of like win now mentality in it, which is odd. And I think it kind of moves into the next player that I wanted to talk about, which is Clarkson. Another article came out today. Uh, I, I read a Bleacher Report one, but it was across multiple, uh, periodicals, um, that basically like the team is, is, 100% going to trade Jordan Clarkson uh which which makes sense but the the ra- the the decision was that they were not going to trade him until the end of the season um until the summer free agent until summer and free agency and all that um and there were sort of two reasons given for that one makes sense to me one doesn't um the first reason was uh that if if he's traded before the trade deadline, then whoever picks him up will have to pay him like the eleven and a half million dollars that he, you know, he has as a salary this year. Um, and uh, you know, I, I get that a team might not want to take that on, um, but the other reason was that he gives them the be- he gives the team the best chance to win right now. And I get that we don't have any incentive to tank, but like anytime he's on the floor it means like some combination of Hart, Lonzo, KCP is not on the floor. And I would love to see those guys on the floor more. So I, I, I don't quite understand, again, this win-now mentality I think is affecting our decisions at center and also potentially our, our trade decisions regarding Jordan Clarkson. Right, and I, I, think, we'll, I think we'll see that evolve you know, as, as we go on and we, we understand where we're at in terms of the playoff run. I think, I think that the front office still wants to you know, make their best effort at reaching the playoffs, and I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I, I think that a big part of it too is just scoring. Like that, this team has got a hard time scoring, and Jordan Clarkson does not. So um, 
but but if if we start to see uh, Kuz and Ingram, you know, be able to pick up that role more consistently, um, and especially if Lonzo keeps hitting threes at the clip that he's at, then I don't know if Clarkson is as necessary. But luckily, I mean, the guy can ball. Like he's a great player, so I understand why he's got trade value. And and this season has been a, like a a beautiful um, showing of like what he can do and what he could potentially do for a playoff team. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that there's a market out there for him, but I am kind of surprised that they wait till the end of the season. Uh, Cause I always feel like when you, when you do those salary dumps, you never get back quite the assets that you want. Cause the other team knows like, okay, they're forced to trade this guy. Cause you're getting LeBron James, right? You lose your leverage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So really quickly, uh, you brought up the sort of reduction in minutes, um, with Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle, is there anything else you wanted to kind of say on that point? So I was thinking about that a lot, and I, I think that it ultimately isn't something about Julius and Clarkson as it is something more about the starting five. I think the starting unit is is evolving and getting catching its stride, and, and Kuz is joining the starting lineup uh, significantly, and it's just working. And so we were we were seeing like you know Clarkson and Randle have to basically come out off the bench and then you know finish the whole fourth quarter. Um, not not always, but especially in um, in Clarkson's case, I know a lot of people are calling for more minutes. But um, but yeah, I, I think that the the starting five is just performing better, so it might be a bit of a um, you know false equivalency. I don't know if it's necessarily something saying to say about Clarkson and Randall as it is something more to say positively about what the starting unit is doing and how they're earning more minutes down the street. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, I think Clarkson's style of play is still a little bit ISO heavy and he's a heavy usage player. And I think that that's, like you said, mm-hmm. the starting unit is starting to click a little more and, and his yeah. style of play doesn't necessarily fit that. Um, and Hart is playing more minutes and I'm sure that that's taking away from, from Clarkson. Um, and then Julius, I think it's the yeah. things we've already talked about with him. It's that, you know, it was kind of like, I think it's kind of like what um, the Wizards did when they got JaVale McGee. They realized like this guy is talented, but he's not super bright. So we just need to not give him that many opportunities to make mistakes, right? We need to put him out there for for short bursts and let him do what he does, be really athletic and electric. Um, but then bring him back, right? And don't don't leave him out there to, to be lampooned by Shaquille O'Neal every week. Um, and now Randall's not quite to that level, but I think it's a similar thing. Um Cool. So with that, let's just really quickly recap the remaining December uh, games. Um, we've got a few left. Obviously, we've got one that starts here in like 13 minutes uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. We're hosting them. Uh, Ingram is out this game uh, for his quadriceps. I'm not sure exactly what what the injury there is, um, but doesn't sound super. It's, it's it's very minor. It's a contusion. It's a contusion, so it's just you know, yeah. like a bruise and a tendonitis in the other. So I think it's just yeah. sore. I think it's just sore. And like we're trying to, you know, we want him to play well against the Timberwolves. Yes. Obviously, that's going to be a heavily viewed game. And so Lakers always got a ball out on Christmas. Even the right. Raiders a lot of those games. <laughs> what I want to I want to know what our overall record is. I'll look that up. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's anything. Yeah, but about. obviously tonight's going to be a tough one. I guess my question is, do you think Kuz can score 40 tonight? Yes, I do. I, I, think, it, I, think, it's, I think it's possible. I think with, with Ingram out and KCP not playing because it's out. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's a home game, so KCP will be playing. But with Ingram out and Brooke out, mm-hmm. 
I think that there's a, a non-zero chance that Kuz goes for 40 tonight. I'd love I to think see so it. Too. And it, it's like a, it's like a, they're playing a fast-paced team. Um, yeah. He's, he's on a roll. He's streaking. Lonzo's feeling good. They've got that, they got that connection, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. yeah it, it, it could, it could work. I, there's, there's a chance. If you, also, also, so if, if, if he scores 40, I'm going to give you props. But real quick, real quick, can we give you some props for calling the, uh, the victory against the Rockets? Oh, the Rockets, yes. You've been calling for that. Uh, I think it happened, you know, uh, a game against them later than we were hoping. But you're, right. you're totally right. You called it that we would match up well against them uh, in, in our second meet. I was so proud. I'm so glad. Okay, so our next game is on Christmas Day uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I know I'm excited for this one. I mean, I'm always excited for the Christmas Day game, but it's going to be nice to play another. I, I don't want to call them a young team anymore because they have Jimmy Butler now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously Carl Anthony Towns is a you know up-and-comer. Um, or as a friend of the pod, Alex Manessis, has started referring to him, uh, Carl Anthony Cantor, because he doesn't play defense. <laughs> um, he is statistically the worst defensive center in the league, by the way. I- what a what a trip! Nobody would have expected that uh, when he was you know, being drafted. And no one seems to care. People keep inflating him like 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 that end of the court doesn't matter. But um, so let's see that we're home against the Timberwolves. Uh, then on December twenty seventh, uh, we're home for the Grizzlies. Uh, on Friday, December 29th, we we're home against the Clippers. And then on New Year's Eve, we are at the Houston Rockets again. So Trailblazers, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Clippers, Rockets is what we have for the rest of the year. Um, hopefully we can pull out one or two wins out of that group. Um, I don't know. What do you, do you think? Where, who, who do you, what do you think the opportunities are um, there? I think we have a, a pretty good chance of winning. Um, actually, I think, I think we're in it for all these games. I think we're in it. Um, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say five out of five, but I, I could see us pulling off three. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, I think, I think two or three would be reasonable. Um, and then just a note, once January hits, our schedule gets a little bit easier. We've been playing a lot of playoff teams lately, so hopefully we'll see a little bit of improved record. Um, but one thing that's interesting is they have like very little off time. Um, in January, they have a game every other day until January 23rd. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a good birthday present. So we're, we're really at the, yeah, we're at the, the 30, the, the, like, we're at the 30 mm-hmm. game mark. Um, so, uh. You know, there's 52 left, and they basically have 25 of those games in the next 50 days. So I think there's another, like, 120 days in the NBA season, something awesome. like that. Well, it's um, fun. And they're going to play basically half of their remaining games in the next 50 days. So a lot of basketball. We should, we should know where this team's <laughs> at, you know, after the next 50 days. We should know, is, is it possible for us to make the playoffs? Is, should we blow this sucker up? Like, all, all of these, these questions should be answered. Well, and the, the trade, de- the trade right, deadline will right. have passed by then. So in, in 50 days, we'll know what this team is going to look like going into the offseason, which will be exciting. Well, thank you to all of our followers. Please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, many others. Uh, whatever you listen to podcasts on. And also, please follow us on social media. Check us out at www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com. Uh, the next pod should be coming very early next week, uh, maybe even tomorrow, actually, uh, depending on how this game goes, whether or not we're hyped. And uh, we'll, we'll recap all these games and whatever else happens in Lakerland. Happy birthday to GM Rob Palinka. His body is a microchip. <laughs> all right, Luke, take care. Yeah, take care. See you, Jacob. Bye.